From Relay FM, this is Connected, episode number 51. Today's show is brought to you by Igloo, an internet you'll actually like. Lender.com, where you can instantly stream thousands of courses created by industry experts, and Casper, because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined today by the independent man, Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hey, Mike. How you doing? I'm doing well. It's It's just the two uh... of us today. It is just the two of us. We can make um, it if we try. I think we'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Our our Italian breath brethren is uh, I guess brethren is plural. Our Italian brother is uh, away this week. Yes, mm-hmm. on um, special business. Yes, special beach business. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it is uh, it is uh, morning time. If you're listening to us live, and we should say that we are now recording. In the morning time, depending on where you live, if you're in the in the U.S., uh, it is in the morning now on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, which uh, will let you do your own math to figure out where that is in your time. No, let's say it. You've written it down here in the little document. I did. Is it right? So it's 8 a.m. Pacific, uh-huh. 11 a.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Mike time. Mike, yep. uh, Mike-ian standard time. Generous Mike time. Is that what you decided the, G- the GMT stands for? Well, yeah, but it's actually not. Because GMT, it's three o'clock. Because at the moment uh, in London, we're not on GMT; we're on BST, which is um, is, uh, bus bus standard time. It's BS time. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's British summer time. So we go forward. British summer. summer, British summer time (laughs) sounds like a like a bandstand TV show um, (laughs) that I don't want to (laughs) watch. <laughs> well, we are currently on British summertime, so we're, you're just gonna have to live with that. Uh, I can do that. Um, we should do some 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 summer up. We should do some follow up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so far this week, uh, shockingly, we have more uh, iCloud backup stuff. So to quote the show, the show notes, Stephen wasn't wrong, but he wasn't completely right either. Uh, there is a series of tweets that'll be in the show notes. We spoke last week about iCloud Drive documents and the fact that the Time Machine interface uh, doesn't really have anything to do with getting those old copies back. Um, but it turns out that iCloud Drive documents and Time Machine uh, have a Time Machine-like feature with iCloud, but they're not the app level. They're in the app level, not like the Finder. So. If you open something like Pages or ByWord or something that offers uh, this feature, you can go in and you can say um, uh, view like view previous versions. I'm, I'm pulling up the screenshot to uh, file revert to, uh, and then you can do browse all versions in the menu. And it it's sort of weird. Uh, I I understand why they do this because it is not Time Machine, so they they kind of want to. I guess keep it separate visually and like mentally that it's under the revert to menu, but strange to me, I didn't even think to look here. Of course, when I saw these tweets, I was like, oh yeah, I'm a moron. But, um, so iCloud does have versioning. It's under the file menu in the app of choice, the app that you're working in, which is uh, a little strange, but I guess it is what it is. This is another one of those follow-up topics, which right now is it's over. I claim as being dead. Because no, well, this is the end of it. This good. is the truth. We got to, we got to the we're over when we get to the truth, and we have gotten to the truth this time. Because I'm currently adding five tweets Sorry to the show that. notes, which is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever done. And plus, I think this is maybe the third week we've spoken about this, and I still don't understand 
what everybody's talking. I just don't no know one what's, does. what's happening. That's, that's the problem. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess we could have done like a Storyfy link or whatever, but I don't know how that works. So, Well, no, there are now uh, four links in the show notes with the title, Teddy Proving Stephen Wrong. Perfect. <laughs> Where are the show notes this week, Mike? Uh, they're in the same place that they always are, um, which is at relay.fm slash connected slash 51. But uh, I hope that you have a great app which you use to look at, to look at the show notes in every week. Um, all good apps have show note support, and I hope that you use one of those. Well said. In the, uh, it's not really follow up in the sense that we've talked about it, but people now I have this thing where when Apple adds new banks to Apple Pay, a bunch of people tweet at me and say, "Hey, is your bank on here?" Uh, this morning, um, forty six new banks were added to Apple Pay, and my bank is still not listed. So there's that. You need to just give up. I know, right? Because clearly your bank is too small to deal with this. So it's just it's just not going to happen for you, I'm afraid. They uh they say it's coming. I believe them. Really? No, I don't believe them. Uh so yeah, that's all the follow up this week. It's it's short. People follow up is on vacation a little bit, I think. So That's all I have. So I don't know if people recognize this. We tend to say it quite a lot, but I feel like it's one of those jokes that makes the most sense if you can actually see our document where like we have like topic one, topic two, but every now and then, particularly every episode, we have a topic zero, topic 0.5, topic 0.7, you know? But yeah. this is the thing that we refer to quite a lot. Uh, this uh, this topic is topic zero point life, which is I think is a, a new segment that I'm going to introduce. Uh, and this week on Topic Zero Point Life, you are now uh, independent as of yesterday, completely unshackled from the man, shackleless, you may say. Um, how do you, how are you feeling? I guess the only shackle now, I guess, is me. I don't know. Like, are we shackled? <laughs> I think so. I think we we have to deal with that to each other, but we are shackled together. I guess. <laughs> how are you feeling? Uh, very confused after whatever that was. <laughs> uh, it's it's really good. So to. Today is day two of full-time self-employment. Um, we spoke about it. I, I was kind of part-time self-employed most of July. Uh, but yeah, it was great. Um, it's 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 fun. It's busy. like, uh, But it's nice that I can do things during the workday, even though I did work until, like, until my kids went to bed and then after they went to bed last night. Uh, yesterday was long. But it's it's really good to be able to work on things as they come up and have flexibility. And like, like today, this morning, you and I were speaking, uh, you want me to write a blog post for Relay. Like I just put that on my to-do list. I'll get to that today, maybe tomorrow and it'll get done. I don't have to worry about like what night I'm going to slot it in after dinner. So mm-hmm. th- that sort of flexibility and being able to deal with time and big chunks is really nice so far. Are you showering? Yes. Every morning. Okay. You still wearing trousers or pants as you would say? I did actually. I did actually tweet about that this morning. I'll put that in this in the document for you. Uh, I wore pants yesterday, and I'm wearing them again today. So I was lied to. Wow, look at you. Well, no, it's only two days. Just just wait, because you're you're leaving the house like at the moment. Uh, it's the days where you don't leave the house uh, is where you'll stop wearing pants. Right. So days that I'm doing audio stuff, I am coming up to the office. Uh, I've not, and I came up here yesterday as well. Uh, just because it was going to be busy at home, and so yeah, I plan on. I think I'll probably be in the office 
you know, at least half the time, if not maybe a little bit more, is kind of how I think it's going to go now. But uh, in work from home, yeah, I could just I could just not wear pants. Uh, but here, I have to like walk by the people's offices, and they will care if I come in without pants. I think. Uh, well, I mean, you don't know until you try, though, right? Uh, I mean, basically, where we rent space f- f- from is sort of like a church type place, so they might they, they might have a, a policy. <laughs> they might have they might have some pretty serious ramifications. Perhaps. Uh, what's what are you excited about that you're working on? Because you know you have to fill your time up with something. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nice. I've got some new projects um, I'm working on. Uh, some stuff that will be launching in the next couple of weeks, I hope. Uh, so that's exciting, uh, although vague uh, for now. Um, I got my, we're going to talk about it, but I got my Apple Watch review up uh, yesterday. I worked on that last week, actually. And being able to spend, I spent a lot of time on that. Like, I took really, like, some. I think some of the best photos I've ever taken for the site. Like, I shot them in a light box, like in a studio. Like, that sort of stuff on 512 is exciting. You know, new stuff with Relay we have in the pipe. Um Really, it's just it's just being able to put more time into things that I care about. Uh, where before, the something like the watch review might have like one photo, and it wouldn't be nearly as nice. Like I did a whole like photo shoot with that thing, and, and being able to sort of invest more time and make things more polished is really what, at least right now, is is exciting to me. Um, I've got some new stuff coming. Like I, I need to get started on my OS ten review, which I'm excited about doing. Not on the weekends. Oh, you're but, writing um, an OS ten review. I am. I'm going to do it again. So I did, um, Yosemite was, my Yosemite review was short. I just did a design review because we were having a baby in like the end of September. And I was like, this is really not a great time to have to sit down and write 10,000 words. But, um, yeah, I'll do, I'll do uh, El Capitan this year, I think. So, well, like a full on thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I did for, um, if you look on 512, Mountain Lion and Mavericks both got full reviews on, on 512. Um, okay. So I'll, I'll return to that form as opposed to what I did for Yosemite. I like the Yosemite one, though, because it was different. So, Yeah, and you know, and I thought about finding a hook like that. Like Yosemite, the hook was easy because the interface was, you know, obviously very different. Um, but El Capitan doesn't really have that. And so it may, you know, it may end up being something more like a... Uh, sort of a look at the fine details, but we'll see. I haven't really gotten into it at all yet. That's on my kind of my list for next week to start thinking about that in uh, more specific terms. You should write the review on top of a mountain, like to really kind of get in the feel of it all. You yeah, know? well, you've you've been here. Uh, we don't really have mountains in this part of the country, so I have to go drive somewhere mm-hmm. to do that. Um, but yeah, I'm just maybe. an ideas guy. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's uh. It's, so far, so good. And you did something. There's a note here. Uh, what did you do? I needed to confess something, and I thought this would be a good topic uh, to confess within. So I uh, bu- 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 currently have like an old Apple II GS, if you're really curious, under my display at my new desk at um, the office, but it's too tall. And so I was looking, I was like, well, I like the idea of having an old computer under my display. I think it's kind of like way cooler than having like a display stand or something. Ah. And I was like, I need something shorter. And I was like, oh, it'd be really cool to have a neck station because they're pretty thin. And uh, I ended up, uh, this was last night late. Uh, this guy had a thing, like four of them. And I was like, well, uh, one of them was in much better shape than the other. And so I ended up 
sort of falling down the eBay rabbit hole and ended up buying a next station. So I have a next station coming uh, in a couple of weeks. That'll be my new display stand. I'm excited about it. How much did you spend on that? It also, well, that's not very much on the first one. Wait, what? Uh, so in, in <laughs> the guy had, the guy had four of them and uh, oh, I was like, Oh, well one of them, the, the one that was in nice shape, like that's going to get, I had a cap, right? So like, you, you always go into these things. Like, I am willing to spend this much money and no more. And what was your cap? That was not important. I'm not gonna. That's important. I'm not going. It was it was under a hundred dollars, okay. which is cheap for these things. Um, sure. just under, just barely under a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was like, well, I won't win that one. So the, there's this other one that's real banged up. Let me also bid on it. And so, like, worst case scenario is I get sort of a banged up next station turns out i won them both so so i have two coming and i will uh flip one of them i'm sure or mail it to you maybe i don't want it they're kind of heavy i just don't want it like i don't even know why you want it It i'll bring it i'll bring it to xoxo with me and i will uh, give it to you in person you can and i'll just i'll just immediately drop it on the ground that's really sad i don't care i don't want it you give it to me and hell will will pay for you I just, I don't even know why you're doing this. It's one of the, I mean, you know, there's this whole joke about me, right? Buying stuff. You're buying old computers to put new computer monitors on top of. Like that that's, is, that's just true. weird. That's You're just weird. Maybe I am. When we're done, I'll take a picture of my desk and we'll put that on the show notes so people can see where it will live. This week's episode is brought to you by lynda.com, the online learning platform that has over 3,000 on-demand video courses that can help you strengthen your business technology and creative skills. You can grab yourself a free 10-day trial by visiting lynda.com slash connected. lynda.com is for people that want to learn cool stuff and want to be taught fantastic things by real experts who are super great at teaching. This is what lynda.com is all about. lynda.com is available to you to learn things. Maybe you've got some problems that you want to solve, right? So you need to learn some stuff, learn some new skills to help you solve an issue that you're having. Maybe you're trying to work out how to use compression stuff in logic like I was a couple of weeks ago. Lynda.com can help you do that kind of stuff. Maybe you're really curious about learning photography and you want to learn how to shoot great portraits. You want to learn how to use apps like Lightroom. Lynda.com can help you with that. Or maybe you just want to like get some more skills for your resume. Maybe you're looking for a promotion at work and you need to learn a new uh, programming language for that. This is also available on Lynda.com. They have courses on so much stuff. Like maybe you're a developer and you want to learn how to localize your application. They have courses on that. Maybe you're an Android developer and you want to learn how to use Android Wear. They have courses on that. They just have everything. It is so cool. They have thousands of courses, thousands of topics. It's really Really, really awesome. And you can stream any of these videos on demand. You can stream as many as you want. It's an unlimited plan that you have access to here, allowing you to learn at your own schedule and at your own pace. And all of their courses are broken down into little bite-sized chunks, so it's really easy to watch them. You can watch through them start to finish, or you can just jump in and out. You can maybe mix them up into any order that you want, if that's the kind of thing you like to do. And you can make these into playlists that you can save, and you can also share these with people as well. And if you want to watch on the go, you can watch on your Android or iOS device as well. Uh, it's absolutely awesome. Your 
Defender.com membership is going to give you unlimited access to all of this training, hundreds of topics all available for you for just one flat rate. Whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, or you just want to learn something new, I would love it if you would visit lynda.com, lynda.com slash connected and sign up for your free 10-day trial this will also help support this show thank you so much lynda.com for their continued support of relay fm hooray so why uh i mean what what are we today it's the 4th of august today i mean that is true and so you're basically about three and a bit months uh after the apple watch was released you've written a review that's uh that is that is accurate why did you do this I say I feel the question in the way that you're saying that. Uh, a couple of reasons. Um, some of it was just it started out as just scheduling pain, um, but what it ended up being. Uh, we spoke a little bit last week about how we work and how I was sort of still thinking through it, and that's really the the big reason it was so so seemingly late that when. When I review a new version of OS ten, or I spend time with a new Mac or a new iPhone or iPad, I have a frame of reference for those things, right? So I can look at ten point eleven, and I know all about all the previous versions of OS ten, so I can kind of see where it fits into that story relatively quickly. Um, same thing with a Mac or, or iOS device. The watch, though, is a in in many ways a very new thing, and even though I've had I've spent time with the Pebble and various fitness tracking devices over the years, the watch is something different and something new. And uh, definitely my first foray into into sort of a, a non Pebble kind of modern smartwatch platform. Mm-hmm. And so I really wanted to understand how I was going to use the watch, how I feel about it, and and sort of where it fits into my life. I I actually had um. I was talking with somebody about this yesterday in person, and uh, he was kind of, you know, wondering about w- what the watch did and, and sort of, you know, kind of what its features were. And I sort of stumbled through it, right? Because it, it takes, you can't explain the watch succinctly. It's it's really actually really difficult. Uh, I tried and ended up writing 3,200 words. Like, it's it's not something that really has an elevator pitch that's universal, for me, it's the watch has a bunch of different things it can do, and you kind of pull some from column A, some from column B, some from column C, and and kind of focus on the features that you like. And, and I think we're gonna get into this. You and I, even between the two of us, use the use it fairly differently and like different things about it. And so all that just makes it complicated to think about, complicated to write about. And so I really wanted to kind of be like, okay, this thing is now ingrained. It is now you know part of my routine, part of my pattern every day. What, what does it mean to me now? And so it is late, but I could also kind of just couldn't write it any earlier because I needed to understand it better. I try and when I think about these things, because I agree with you about the idea of trying to explain this to someone is super difficult. Like even so much, like when someone says, do you like it? It's like, yes, asterisk. And then you give a exactly. bunch of things about it that you're not sure about or whatever. Um, and I try and remember like the iPhone um mm-hmm. and how i felt and and i uh, you know i might be like looking at it through rose tinted glasses now but i am sure that i was like this is the best thing ever you must own this um 
where I don't really feel that way about the Apple Watch. So I was in preparation of today, um, and we're going to talk about how we feel about it. Um, I was talking to my girlfriend, Adina, because she has one. Um, and I was asking her, I said to her, like, you know, is is it a need yet? Like, do you feel now, like, she's worn the watch. I mean, she I think she got hers two weeks after it launched. So basically for as long as everybody else has. Um, I was like, is it a need for you yet? Or is it still a want? And she's like, I don't know. She says, I don't feel like I need it, right? Um, but it's something that I really like now and and I get use out of. So I was like, well, well, tell me then, like, what do you use? And she was like, well, it's nice to see the time and it's nice to see the weather, right? Like, hmm. primarily, they're her things. She's like, I like that I can see those two things right there at all times. Like, I like that. Um, because they're right on the watch face and they're like, especially the weather is like something that she really kind of, she's one of those kinds of people like you that obsess over the weather. Yep. Um, so she likes that she has it right on her watch face. Uh, she was saying to me, you know, cause obviously I know this stuff, but, uh, that she, she doesn't, ne- she never answers the phone. Like she doesn't like to answer phone calls. So this allows her to screen the calls even better than before. Um, she also as well, like she doesn't, like she doesn't let her phone rule her life. Like if something happens, if she has a notification or something, she likes to come to it in her her own time, right? So she'll just she she'll deal with it as she wants to. So in that essence, Adina's phone is always on silent and never and like doesn't even buzz, right? But she mm-hmm. does she doesn't have it in do not disturb. She just has all of those settings turned off, and. So now she's like, well, what the watch does is it's it doesn't like really bother me when I get like a little notification come through, but I can very easily check this stuff without getting lost in the phone, right? So that's so she finds those things very useful, and I was like, well, what if I t- what if you like I took it away from you? Like, what if it was gone? And she was like, well, it would annoy me, but I would, I would be able to just get used to it. So I found it interesting because she, you know, she. I think she's more than an average user um, in her understanding of this stuff, but she's no, she doesn't care about these things to the level that we do. But I actually think that she has a very similar um, feeling about this stuff to us. Oh, she does really love the fitness stuff as well. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in regards to how we, me and her both use the watch. But I think that her feelings are very similar um, to the way that a lot of us feel about it, in all honesty, which I found yeah. interesting. No, I mean... It, listening to you describe her thoughts on it uh, very much in in sync with, with what I think about it. Um, so for me, I, I kind of came to like two sort of overall conclusions and sort of like two points at the same conclusion, really. One is like the question of like, do you recommend it? And, and I do, if you're strongly tied to your phone, to your iPhone, and you're looking for something to track their fitness. Now, part of that is maybe colored by how I use mine that, that the notifications and the fitness stuff are two of my favorite things about it. But I think that combination is unique uh, to the to, to Apple Watch where Fitbit can do one but not the other. The Pebble can do one but not the other. The Apple's platform can do both. Um, and I think it it is, to, to your point a second ago, the watch is more about want than about need where I need... Uh, a Mac or a computer to do my job, right? Like I, I cannot be a podcaster and a writer without a computer. I just can't do it. Like I, that is a that falls squarely in the need category. Now, 
when it comes to a computer, there are things that I want. Like I want a big SSD. I want a retina display. Uh, I want a lot of RAM, but I don't necessarily need them. The watch, though, I think falls, for the most part, completely in the want category. Like, uh, I agree with Adina that if mine went away, I would be annoyed and I would miss it. Um, but it's not at all the same as if my computer or my phone went away. Like, if my car gets broken into and my computer and phone get stolen, I'm replacing them, like, straight up, like, that day. I've got to go buy a phone. i got to go buy a computer. Uh, if the watch were stolen out of my gym bag, I would be annoyed, but I don't think I would necessarily replace it like that day or, or even in the immediate future because it falls into that want category. Um, so I think, I think in talking with people who wear them both like online and and the world, you know, I've got friends with them now. Uh, I think that's where a lot of people sit. I don't think there's anything in my conclusion that's like wildly dividing or upsetting. I think that that's sort of just where this device lives, that it's an accessory. And by that very nature, it is not, um, it's not something that is necessary, but something that is desired, if you will. The most intimate device, what do I call it? Most personal device, that's it, right? Yep. That's, what, that's what Apple call it. And I think one of the things that they really understood and they they pushing, um, they continue to push in their advertising is for you to interact with people uh, frequently that you care about, but also have Apple Watch. Right, that is the thing that Apple like to try and promote, and they have features like you know a whole button is dedicated to doing this, right? Digital touch. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I think one of I I feel like I'm in a relatively unique position amongst most of my friends, uh, in that my significant other also owns and wears an Apple Watch. I don't think there are many of us that have that. I think Aaron does. Uh, Casey's wife. I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head that that I know personally that their wives or husbands also own them. Um, so that that actually for me it it builds in one of the things that I like most about the Apple Watch is that both me and Adina use them, uh, and this comes through in a couple of different ways. So the digital touch stuff um, initially we used it a lot, um, and I think we used it jokingly and like still ironically, like the way that me and you would use it. Right. And now it's to the point where it's used sparingly. Um, and when it's used sparingly, it has more of a, a significant feel to it when it happens. So if Adina sends me some taps uh, or sends me a little doodle of some description, uh, that's nice. Uh, I like that. Um, and I know that she does too. So now it's like a much more sparing thing that we we communicate to each other. But I do like digital touch for that thing. However, uh, it shouldn't have a whole piece of the UI, like a whole button dedicated to it, because pretty much for most people, they're not going to need to send this stuff to more than a couple of people. Um, right. For it to actually be really effective in their lives would be my feeling. So then the other thing is like, you know, everyone was complaining initially, oh, they, we need to have more than 12. Uh, and then Apple have added a UI for that, but I actually think most people will never need more than 12. Like, now now it's calmed down, and people aren't sending ironic heartbeats to each other as much anymore. I don't think it's important, but Apple did it because it was something that people wanted. You know? Yeah, the 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 touch stuff is interesting. I, I spoke about that some in the review, and, and, you know, because Mary doesn't have one, 
Uh, I'm not sending things back and forth to her. And we've talked about it. And I've always phrased it like in that light. Like it'd be nice to be able to do this sort of stuff. Uh, instead, it's just like me and a bunch of people I podcast with sending our heartbeats around, which is fine. It's funny. Um, it's not a. It's not a like a life changing thing though. Um, I do agree with you that I think Apple played its importance up, and I would not be surprised uh, at some point if that button changes or like a lot of people replied to me about their view saying it'd be great if apple made that button programmable so maybe you could tie an app to it so like i hit that and it, it opens the fitness app or i hit that button and it opens messages some sort of like customizable hardware shortcut if you will mm-hmm. i think i think that would be nice and i think that it would be more in balance with um like it just makes digital touch seem really important, and I don't think, for most people, at least that I've talked to, it is. It not, I like it. I like that feature a lot, even though I'm not using it with my significant other. But it is something that, it just feels really heavy-handed. Um, like Apple's really trying to push it, and I think they may have overstepped that a little bit. But um, because it was a nice idea, it's a fun idea, but I, d- I don't think it requires a dedicated button. And I know the button is also used for Apple Pay, um, but that right. is that is a secondary use um, of the button. The primary use is the uh, the friend stuff, and I don't think that's necessary, to be honest. I think you could you could make that a little app all of its own, but I think having the the button programmable would make way more sense. Like for example, I would quite like to hit that to launch the workout thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would love just to be able to say, "Hey, make this button do this thing," um, and then I guess maybe Digital Touch gets rolled into the Messages app or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it's it's definitely one of those little corners of of WatchOS that just seems a little misaligned with what, how people are actually using it. And uh, I think, my guess is Apple will correct that eventually. If they, I mean, I'm sure they have data, right? I would like to think that they probably have an idea of how many people use it. Um, I'm sure they can collect that. Well, they, they do collect that stuff. They know how many people use notes, for example. So I'm sure they have an yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. One of the other things, though, that actually ends up being more interesting for me um, in both me and Adina owning a watch together is uh, bragging of fitness rings. This is a a daily occurrence in our house now, um, where we will show off to each other about how uh, how fit we've been in the day. Um, she wins many days um, because I am a hermit now, <laughs> in my locked in my home. Uh, but it makes it even sweeter when when because when I do win, like I win by a, a, a massive amount for whatever reason that ends up being, uh, probably because I'm less fit than her, right? So any movement is like ten minutes of exercise. Congratulations, you went downstairs. Here's, here's a minute for you. Um, but that that's a good thing. But I've also got into this idea of wanting to fill the rings up more. Um, I do struggle with the exercise ring some days most days uh but i like to try and fill them up and especially if i'm like if i'm getting to that point in the day and i can see oh i've got a little bit more to go then i'm, I'm getting in that scenario now of wanting to, to fill that up to the point where i and we'll talk about our watch faces in a moment like i changed mine recently to include the fitness rings right on the front because um, i quite like that um but there was i i had a a thing that i wanted to point out which i didn't necessarily agree with with your review uh in the kind of the blanket statement of uh, apps are bad Sure. Um, because I have some that I think are excellent um, and work really, really well. The most, the most good, 
Yeah, that's a great, that's a great turn of phrase. Uh, the most good watch app uh, that I've used is uh, Dew. So the Dew app I use quite frequently for just quick reminders and little alarms in the day. This app works flawlessly every single time. It launches fast. Um, I'm able to go in and dictate a message like remind me to take the trash out in 45 minutes and it just does it, takes it all together, spits it out as an alarm. Uh, I can go in there and reschedule things that are already existing. I never have problems with this app. I don't know how they have made it work as well as they have compared to other apps, but it's just absolutely fantastic. And it's also, for me, is a great app. It's like a great use case for the watch because I use Dew for like that thing I need to remember to do. I must remember to do it. I need to set an alarm for it because it's an important thing, but it's not really like OmniFocus worthy. Like I'm not one of those people that puts take the trash out in OmniFocus. Um, And you know what I really like about Dew is it has like the repeating alarms. So you like when it notifies you, you can just hit snooze for X amount of time. That notification is really good on the watch, pops up on the watch. I just hit remind me in 30 minutes. Um, So the Dew app is like a perfect use case for the watch anyway but it the app itself just works fantastically well um another that i really like uh so i'm i've been dabbling with the spark email app um yeah. are you familiar with this by readle i am and i i plan to eventually move my all of my email usage into this app because i quite like it um but i need them to have basically all platforms because at the moment it's just iPhone because they like many of these email services these days they do things to your email right like snoozing and stuff like that uh and there is no like standardized way of doing this so if you use like for example if you spark and mailbox together they just can't understand each other and all hell breaks loose end up with a bunch of folders named later yep it's just the worst. Uh, but I really like their watch app. So I've, I tried it out for a while and it's it's excellent. It's really great. The uh, notifications, when they come through, because they have like that smart notification stuff, and it does a pretty mm-hmm. good job of picking the emails that I want to be notified about. I can read the entire email and the notification, uh, which I like. Um, and I can go into the app and I can read and respond to email and all that kind of stuff. So it's a great way to check email. I find it to be faster and more responsive even than Apple's Mail app. It loads mail faster for me than Apple's app does. Again, don't know how they're doing this, uh, but it's another great app. Uh, and the last one is Fantastical. Um, I like the layout of it. It looks really nice. I can add events really easily with the natural language stuff that I like. So there are three apps that I use quite frequently, um, nearly every day, if not every day. Uh, and I, I think that they do an absolutely great job um, of, of, of what they're set out to do. And I, so, you know, again, I'm confused about how they work so well within the confines of what every other app has, but pretty much every other ha- app that I have struggles in some way. Yeah, and I mean, there are some that are better than others. I think my, my bigger point... Uh, is that right now, like the the bar to be a good watch app is sort of like difficult because of the technology that is there currently. And and of course, listen to this in a year, and hopefully, we don't will not be relevant anymore. But um, uh, I think that's part of it like, that they struggle under under WatchKit to to do certain things. I think part of it is too like I. Like uh, Todoist and OmniFocus, for instance, have watch apps. Really nice to go in there and just like check things off a list as you go. Um, that sort of stuff is nice. But I just, 
for anything more complex, I'm just not super interested in doing it on my wrist. Um, now I don't use do, uh, and actually, I actually dislike fantastic on the watch a good bit for reasons we don't have to get into. I think it's heavy handed. Um, I think you're heavy handed. Wow. But, uh, so yeah, I mean, it will, it will only get better, I think. And I think that's, I think that's a good thing. Um, I did say though, that I can't help but think that my sort of disinterest in watch apps is partially because of the technology that, because most of them are sort of so-so because of WatchKit that it has sort of soured me to the whole thing. And that, Mm -hmm. if that's true for me, it's probably true for other people who don't do what I do for a living. And I think that that is potentially problematic uh, for the watch as a platform. Like if, if a normal person like tries to watch apps today and they're not very good, then like they could just be, you know, turned off to that forever and never go into that, that app screen and, uh, just deal with notifications and stuff, and, and that's yep. fine. Again, because the watch does a hundred different things, you can pick and choose, and like you can never go to the honeycomb screen, and that's fine because you can still use the watch the way you want to. But uh, I would think that the whole thing has sort of been damaged by the fact that it, they're not super great on day one. Yeah. So that like last night when we were talking about it, Adina said to me, "Do you think there's going to be a new watch in a couple of months' time?" Um, and I explained to her why I thought that wouldn't be the case. Uh, because you know the the watch was announced in September, but came out late, um, and it hasn't really been out for long enough, I think, for them to warrant a new uh, design this year. And I think they'll be in the fall next year, like to take take the place of where the iPod event is. You know, I'm not an original with thinking this, but it's just why I think. Yeah, I agree. And was you know, it was kind of saying that I also don't think it fits in the holiday lineup as a new one. I think the existing one will fine. I don't need another one because it would be too confusing. But I think they'll have new bands and stuff like that. Um, as well as third-party bands with the Made for Apple Watch program. I think that's how they you know, bump up a little more cash in the Apple Watch market this year. But she said, well, you know, I, I would the, the, this one's really slow, um, which I found interesting because it's not particularly slow, just the apps are. And that's where her experience of the watch's overall performance is coming from because all the apps that she uses take too long to do anything. Uh, so I said to her, like, you know, I expect, um, based on what's being said, that that will all improve improve in September. But the funny thing is, is who's telling people this? Right. Like nobody knows. Like Apple can't really, I guess. Uh, they maybe should have. They maybe should do a bit more marketing around it. I'm sure they will. I don't know how they do it. Your watch is better because before it was really slow because the apps were crippled. Um, but it's just interesting to me to think, like, I'm telling her this. She's like, oh, that's cool. Like, I'm pleased to know that. But who's telling everyone? Like, no mm-hmm. one. Like, it's it's just a weird thing that it's like, maybe they should. I, I stand by, I don't think that the the watch kit apps should have ever been a thing. Um, it should have just been glances and notifications and maybe, like, giving them a, even more power than they had. Um, and just foregoing apps for a bit. But, hey, this is where we are. Uh, we should talk about glances, actually. Um, because we have wildly differing opinions on glances. But before we do that, let's take a break and thank Casper for sponsoring this week's episode. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses that you can get for a fraction of the price that you're going to find in stores. The mattress industry for years has been locked in its way of doing things. Like you go to a mattress store, 
you sit on a mattress for a couple of minutes, you kind of in your shoes and in your coat, and you have to try and decide whether you think it's going to be nice for you to sleep on for the next 10 years. And then you give a ton of money and someone brings it to your door in a big box and then you have to try and bend it around your staircase. Like that is buying a mattress today. But this is what Casper, Casper hates all of this and they wanted to change it. So they've revolutionized the way that you deal with buying and, and, and choosing mattresses. And they cut the costs down of all of this because they don't have to deal with resellers and middlemen and showrooms. And they pass that saving directly onto you. Casper developed their own mattress. Um, it's two technologies that they've put together. So premium latex foam and memory foam to create a new kind of hybrid mattress. Uh, it has just the right sink, just the right bounce, and it provides resilience and long-lasting supportive comfort. Casper mattresses are sold at great prices. You know, you can usually look to spend around $1,500 for a mattress, but Casper's mattresses start at $500 for a twin size, $750 for a full-size mattress, $850 for a queen, and $950 for a king, and all of Casper's mattresses are made in America. Stephen Hackett, you have a Casper mattress, is that correct? That is correct. It's and great. do you like it? How? Tell me, tell me how much you like to sleep on it. Uh, it's it's really great. We had a sort of standard memory foam mattress before that we'd gotten a long time ago, and uh, you know they, they're like warm, and you sort of sink into them, and you don't have any of that with a Casper, although it's just as comfortable. The way they do their uh, their foam setup is really really nice, and um, I sort of chuckled to myself when you said like bending a mattress down a staircase. I've definitely done that. This thing just shows up in a box, cut it open in the room, and it's just ready to go. So you're not frustrated by the time it's you know, time to take your first rest on it. You're ready to go, and it's it's really great. My wife and I both really enjoy it. Casper understands that buying mattresses online can leave people wondering how it's possible. Like, how could you buy a mattress on the internet? Well, Casper makes their process as simple as possible, and they make it completely risk-free because they not only give you free delivery, they will also give you free returns if you want to change it or if you're unhappy with it or you need something else, and they do it within a 100-day period. It's that simple. So you can sleep on the bed for 100 days, and if you're not happy with the mattress, you can just return it or you can change it or whatever you need. They make sure this is as simple as possible. They'll ship it to you for free. They'll pick it up for free as well. Listeners of this show can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash connected and using the code connected. You'll get $50 off any mattress purchase. Terms and conditions apply. See casper.com for details. Thank you so much to Casper for sponsoring this week's episode. So you basically, you know, professed an undying love for glances. I, I do really like glances. Uh, I've got Several set up, like about like eight or nine now, and it's it's a really nice way just to go in and just get like a little glance, ah, um, a little quick update of what's going on. the The downside is they do sometimes take a second to load data, which is frustrating. And again, that should be better uh, with WatchOS two. Um, but I like that I can just really quickly see like um, how many tasks I have left. Uh, you know, what podcast is next in my queue what is next to my calendar. Um, having that stuff just easily accessible, I, I like as a sort of like a little little dashboard on the wrist of what's going on in my life. So what glances do you have enabled? Uh, let's see. I have... Um, so I've got, of course, the default Apple ones first, the little like control center one uh, now playing. Then I have... Um, Oh god! Don't start playing music. Um, <laughs> it's dangerous to do this on the air. 
uh, Overcast, uh, Calendar, Todoist, Weather, Activity Rings, Heart Rate, and then Battery. So I had a bunch of these, like you did, basically the same amount. But then when I read your review, I realized that the only one I ever use is, is now playing. So yeah, like, Which is I, definitely my favorite. Like I, I use that one more than any of the others, for yep. sure. Like, I check the weather a lot on my watch. I don't have it on my watch face. I, but I just go to the home screen and open the weather app because I get more data, I get more information. Because I know if I'm going to open the the complication, I'm just going to want to check for stuff later anyway. You know, it's not going to give me the data that I want in... Sorry, in the in the glance. Sure. So I I find myself either opening apps or seeing what's on the watch face. I don't use glances a lot. So because of that, I pared them down. Um, and now all I have enabled, I have now playing, then overcast because I tend to use those two together. Um, I have Fantastical and Activity. That's it. And I, I don't even really need the Activity one, but I just have it there just to fill out the, the whole thing. But I really don't use them very much at all. Yeah, again, it's going back to that you can do so many things on this device and you can set it up the way that you want to uh, really like in a way that most Apple stuff doesn't really support. I mean, you can do it on the Mac, but like iOS, like you just have your grid of, of home screen icons and that's it. And you can't really, you can do some widgets and notification center, but no one knows or cares about those. Uh, it's just a nice like flexibility. And I think that's one reason this thing feels so new is historically Apple uh, doesn't really smile upon that sort of stuff uh, all that much, which is sad. So um, one of the things I actually haven't even mentioned my, I think my single favorite feature of the Apple watch, which is walking directions. Yeah. They're really nice. I walk around London a lot whenever I, whenever I leave the house, uh, I'm always taking public transport and I'm walking around and stuff. So I'm looking forward to getting the transit directions as well on here and seeing how that works out. Um, but what I do, like I just put my my location in now and I just start walking. And most of the time, I just trust the Apple Watch to tell me where to go by the taps. And I've worked out what left and right is now. I couldn't tell you what they are now, but I know that when, they, when I feel them, I work it out. Um, and while I'm walking along, I might just check the map every now and then to kind of just see where I am in, loca- in like relation to everything else. But I've found the walking locations in London to be very reliable um, on the whole, and I and I use them a lot, and it's one of my favorite features because as a way to like get around, it makes so much more sense than just staring at my phone screen for every turn um, as I would before. And now it's kind of just like, oh, I just go here, I go here, I go here. It's great. That's perfect. You tell me to go left, you tell me to go right, and I'll just trust what you tell me to do. I think it's fa- I just think it's fantastic. I really love it. Like the Apple Watch Maps app is, in my opinion, better than the Apple Watch iPhone app because <laughs> I find the iPhone app very confusing because it doesn't do that great thing that Google Maps does, where it does a really good job of well, I can't, I'm sure it does, but I can't find it of orienting the map to show you where you are in relation to it. Right, so it uses the compass to move the map around. If the, if Apple Maps on their phone does this, I find it very confusing the way it does it. It always confuses me, and I end up walking in the wrong direction. But I never do with the watch because the watch does a really good job of displaying that information very cleanly and simply to me. Um, so I I really love it. I agree on the on the the walking uh, directions. I used it in San Francisco a good bit at WWDC, and it's um, it was something that. S- you know, people were like, uh, like, what is Apple doing here, right? Because it's like a series of taps to go one way and then like consistent taps to go the other. And it 
you do it one time and it makes sense. Like you, you can feel it and you, you kind of know what it's doing and sort of the way that it does it makes sense once you experience it. Um, but I, yeah, I, I like it a lot while walking. And actually, uh, because if you set directions on your phone and your car, it also mirrors to the watch. And so, uh, which is much a much bigger use case for me than than walking is is driving directions. And it, it is nice to, to have those on your wrist while you drive as well. Um, you know, you can very kind of, if your hand's up on the wheel, you kind of very quickly glance at it and, and not looking down at your phone. Uh, if, you know, <clears throat> I don't know who would do that, but if you do, it's better. Uh, so yeah, the, the, again, like one of these things the watch does that is sort of like, there are going to be a bunch of people who never come across that, <laughs> right? But if it's important to you and it's there and you like it, then it becomes one reason you like the device. Like, again, this thing is multifaceted in, in ways that are just mind-boggling at times. Right, last thing. Let's talk about watch faces. So okay. how do you have your watch face set up and what complications do you use? So most days I use the uh, simple watch face, which is a uh, analog watch face uh, with it gives you four complications uh, plus the date on the watch face itself, which is nice. And so I use weather, uh, kind of going from top left, going clockwise. I have weather, activity rings, uh, sunrise, sunset time, uh, which is nice doing like yard work and stuff with the kids, especially during the summer. No time is going to get dark. And then I have the uh, event one, which on this doesn't show you the name of the next event, but shows you the time of the next thing on your calendar which is enough for me, at least right now, to remember, oh, yeah, I've got this, you know, i got to go meet this person at, at 2 o'clock or whatever. Um, busier days, I do use the uh, utility face, uh, which is the one, I'm sure you've seen it, uh, is uh, all of the text, right? So you have, or not utility, excuse me, modular, uh, modular, where you get uh, big time and you get uh, big calendar. I use the calendar one in the middle, so it's like really big, and I can see the name of the event. So busier days, I do switch over to that. Um, but most of the time, uh, the simple face is enough to, to get me by. And what color do you tint? Uh, the colors uh, depend really on what I'm wearing. Um, <laughs> hey, look at you. Uh, the, the the link I just put in the document, I, I sort of walked through all the, the watch faces uh, in May. And all the screenshots were orange. I actually really like the way the orange looks. Um, but like today, I'm uh, wearing a shirt that's got some blue on it, and I'm wearing my blue tennis shoes, and so I have the secondhand uh, blue. Um, so it's kind of fun to mix and match that a little bit. Uh, generally, it's kind of like between like blue, red, and orange, kind of depending on what's going on. So I use uh, the utility face. Okay, that seems to be the the popular one amongst people I hear on podcasts. Yeah, I like the. Way, I really like the way it looks, um, and I like the the full text in my events thing. So I have that one on the bottom, uh, and in the top right I have my activity rings, and in the top left I have uh, Eastern Time. So I have New York City, because uh, Eastern Time gives me a good approximation of when America's awake, um, and I can base most of America being awake on Eastern Time. Basically, sure. works well for me. Uh, I only ever use this watch face. I don't use any other watch faces. And I change the color depending on my band. So I have four bands. I have black, blue, green, and white sport. Um, The green sport gets the green color. The blue sport gets the blue color. Black gets a purple color. And white gets red. 
Yeah, I saw you, uh, I guess, this summer uh, with the purple one. And it actually looks really nice. Um, uh, it's like that sweeping secondhand in purple is a nice touch. I definitely have, have uh, used that one as well. It's I like the contrast there, but um, Apple Watch yeah, baby, there we go. Yeah, I mean the you know the watch faces and even the bands, you know, ways to to customize this thing and make it your own. I mean, if you you know when we were in San Francisco together, is the highest concentration of Apple watches uh, I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And even as people, you know, it was a common talking point of oh, you know, how's your setup? What are you doing? And like the utility face was very common, probably. Second was the modular face, but past that, people had them set up in drastically different ways, different colors, different bands, of course, different cases, and um, just all that customization is is really interesting from a like a Apple perspective that they're usually not hip to that. Yeah, I'm I'm still gonna buy the Milanese, but I've just been waiting until my next America trip to get it. Um, cause it's not cheap, so anything I can do to get it a bit cheaper would be great. So I'll buy it in dollars. Um, probably when I go to Portland. Sweet. So, uh, we, let's talk quickly about this rumor um, about Apple looking at their own cell network. Yeah, so before we get started, uh, I saw someone tweet this, that it's like the oldest Apple rumor. And so I actually have links from 2006 and 2008 as well. Um, this article that Wise is in the news again is Business Insider had a, an article, uh, I think yesterday or the day before, about... Apple looking into an MVNO. So um, to back up for a second, uh, MVNO is a type of cell network here in the States. Uh, I think overseas as well. Like, I think it's like it, is, it yeah. can be done anywhere. Okay. Um, There's several here that operate in Memphis. So I'm pretty familiar with them. So an MVNO is, is a carrier in the sense that you pay them your cell phone bill um, and they have features and plans and stuff, but they don't build out the infrastructure. They, it's not their towers. It's not their backhaul. They are more or less renting space, and most of the time in the United States, that is from Sprint or from T-Mobile. So somebody like uh, here, we have like Cellular South, and they are you know renting space from another carrier. And the the trade off is, is that very often they can have much cheaper month to month plans because they're not having to subsidize or pay for all of the uh, infrastructure and hardware it takes to make cell phone networks work. Uh, it's actually been interesting. They're putting a new cell tower up not far from the house, which I'm glad for because I have Verizon. Hopefully, they have a Verizon uh, space on it because it's uh, really terrible inside my home. And uh, it's just like really complicated. There's like people running around all day for like weeks putting this tower up, and it's just a little reminder to me of how complicated this business is. Um, so Nvidia can come in and say, you know, we don't have to pay for any of that, so we can do like really interesting things with our with our plans. Uh, they can be much more affordable. We can subsidize the phone in a different way. Uh, the trade-off is, historically at least, uh, in my experience, you know, having friends and family members on these things, is that generally the coverage is not very good if you go like outside of like major cities. So uh, I have a, uh, a family member on MVNO, and like anytime we go like outside the city itself, it's like, well, my phone's dead. Um, so the trade-off's there, and for, for that family member, it makes sense because they mostly spend their time in the city. But... Uh, so there's all these trade-offs with these things. It's, it's sort of a different take on the the standard AT&T or Verizon or, or Sprint or T-Mobile where they're building out their, their platform, building out their hardware, and you pay them directly. The rumor is is that Apple is going to launch an MVNO, uh, which, again, has been old. <laughs> kind of old rumor kind of comes back around. Um, 
but it, it's still interesting, I think, for a couple of reasons. Well, the old rumor thing, like they've been saying that apparently they the reason this is an old rumor is they've been working on this for years. They've been having talks with people and continue to expect it to take a long time. Yeah, I mean, sure, and that's definitely one of those things where maybe this isn't different rumors, maybe it's the same story just sort of popping up from time to time. Um, but Business Insider basically is saying that you'd pay Apple directly for data calls and texts. Um, this sort of came up with the Apple SIM, which is in like the new iPad Air 2. Uh, so mine is uh, on AT&T, but before I decided that, the the SIM card that was in it could go could work with anybody except Verizon, I think. So I could I could... Tell it, hey, I'm I'm AT and T or I'm T Mobile, and then the the sim uh, can do both. And so, you know, maybe Apple's been playing with this on that front as well. And the the interesting thing about this, to me at least, is like the control aspect. Like, I'm sure Apple would love for you just to pay your cell bill through your Apple ID or like your iTunes credit card or whatever, and you deal with them when you have issues. Um, so I can see that from Apple's perspective, from like a customer service uh, viewpoint being attractive. But I just don't know... If Apple does this and like their coverage is bad in Memphis because T-Mobile is bad in Memphis, for instance, uh, they can't do anything about that. I, like that. I don't think they unless they're doing something that these other MVNOs are not, they can't go to T-Mobile and say, hey, you need to put a tower up in the zip code because we have a lot of customers complaining. Now, maybe Apple's big enough to pull that off. Apple is the only smartphone vendor who doesn't have carriers putting, you know, cruddy software on their phones. But it it just seems like a sort of a mixed bag from the control standpoint, in my mind, at least. I don't know. What, what do you think about this, Mike? I'm trying to work out why. Like, yeah. why? I mean, and the only the only thing that I can draw is, like, people then, they don't, they don't buy iPhone, they subscribe to iPhone. Um, and maybe then it allows Apple to shift their release schedule or something, I don't know. So like, you just pay Apple every month and you just get a new iPhone every 18 months as they make new ones, right? You never you never buy the phone. You just pay them your $50 a month and that's it. And you just keep getting the new one. Yeah. And they keep they upgrading everyone and it's you know happy days all around. Um, that's why I can maybe see that they would do it because it allows Apple to continue to push the phone in further directions. It can allows them to continue to push the software in further directions because they can guarantee a certain amount of their customers will will always have the new phone. Um, that that's where I can see that they would do this uh, because really, I mean, I I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of this, but I can't see what Apple are losing uh, by having to work with carriers. Like, uh, it doesn't seem like the iPhone is crippled in any way because of working with carriers, like how Google and Android is, right? They've got right. updates and stuff like that. There doesn't really seem to be too much of a downside. Like, the carriers are very just very much just out of the way. Uh, the only thing that I can see is I know that there's things are changing in America now, and you guys are going on to a system which has been in Europe for a while, which is kind of the idea of looking at leasing handsets. Exactly. Yeah, things like uh, AT&T Edge, or I think Verizon has one as well, where you pay a little bit more, but you can upgrade more frequently, and you don't really own your phone, kind of just paying extra a month. So it seems like that's just going to become the standard. And the thing that can happen there is people will then see the price of the iPhone and then may not go for it, where currently they don't see the price. 
Like if you're told pay $150, pay $200 and you get a new iPhone and you pay $50 twice every month for two years, I think people do that. But if it's like pay thirty, pay $30 for your talk plan, $20 a month for your phone, oh, by the way, the, the phone costs you $650. I think even though the, the cost is exactly the same over the same period of time, potentially, the sticker shock might start turning people off upgrading. So, you know, this could be a move that they're trying to make to think about stuff like that. But even that seems like a long shot to me. So I just can't work out why they want to do it. And the control thing doesn't really seem to to mix because it's like, how much control do you really need? And then, you, as you say, like, by gaining that additional control, whatever it is that they might get, they're going to lose a bunch because they're no longer in a scenario where they can guarantee good coverage for their customers. And even in this, even in this, like I can't imagine it will be the only option, right? Like Apple, Apple plan or whatever they'll call it, you know, would, would just be, uh, basically, I don't know. Oh, you're sending me a link here. What is this? Yeah. Well, it turns out maybe you're right that, uh, like, 15 minutes ago, 9to5 posted that Apple denies the report saying it's not planning to launch an NVNO service. Hmm. So it may be that all of your reasons are um, correct. Well, let's look at this a second, right? Apple are obviously dealing with carriers on a daily basis. If they are planning this, or if they are looking at this, they don't want that to to start causing problems with their current customers. So, you know, this could be a denial that's not, you know, not actually true, but who knows. But anyway, right, so that kind of killed that then, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it I think overall like, it, it is interesting whether they're doing it or not. Uh, just from a, like, to talk about, like, the cell phone carrier situation in the States. And you're right that it is shifting. And a lot of people have worked out that those deals, like, you actually pay more over time, but... If you need a new phone or something happens to your phone, you have more options and, you know, not everybody buys off contract every other year like some people do who are nerds, who remain nameless. Um, I think overall, though, like the carrier situation, at least here, is like kind of miserable and maybe there's an opportunity for someone like Apple to do something. Remember, you know, we talked about it. Google just like six weeks ago or something or a couple months ago uh, started this with the Nexus 6. So you can you can sign up for uh, Google Fi and it switches between Sprint, T-Mobile, and wireless. Whatever is the best uh, connectivity at the time is what the phone operates on. And that sort of stuff is interesting to me from like a technology perspective that, hey, no matter where you are, you're probably guaranteed or at least it's highly likely that one of those three things has good coverage. And that sort of like innovation and flexibility is not possible under the current model where, you know, I bought my iPhone, I pay Verizon way too much money a month and it just works on Verizon. And if Verizon is crummy where I am and there's not Wi-Fi, I'm just out of luck. And you know, like I said, at my, at my home, for instance, Verizon's not very good. Um, and so the phone's on Wi-Fi and that that's nice, but if that's not an option, then I'm sort of stuck. And, it would be great to see Apple. Uh, it's great to see Google doing it, like pushing on the on those carriers and say, like, it's time to to maybe think about this uh, from the consumer perspective and not just say, this is how we've always done it. This is how we always will do it uh, mentality. So, like you know, all I want and I would hope from if you know Apple ever did do this or some other company could just take this role now that Apple clearly aren't doing it. Uh, 
I just want to pay for data. That's all I want, just data. I don't need calls, I don't need texts, I never use them. Um, if I ever do use them, I use them so infrequently that I wouldn't mind just paying for them as I go. Uh, but just give me a cheap plan, which gives me a bunch of data, like unlimited data, and, and I'll be happy because it's all I need. Just all I want, it's all I need. Yeah, and again, like that, the flexibility would be great. Because uh, for me, like I do need some voice minutes. I do need SMS. I've got family members and, and friends who are not on iMessage. Um, but my plan, like if I look at my usage, it is very data heavy, and uh, it'd be nice to sort of pick and choose better what I actually need, and like base my plan and my billing on what I'm actually using, and not sort of a guess of what I might use. So that sort of stuff is is also that's possible, but these companies just don't want to change this from the status quo. Right, let's move on. Let's take our final break. Uh, this week's episode is brought to you by Igloo, the internet you'll actually like. With Igloo, you no longer have to change at your desk to get your work done. You can be wherever you want and manage your task list. You can be wherever you like and share status updates from your phone. And you can even be at home if you want to whenever you need to do your own work and you can maybe deal with some projects, you can deal with some task lists in your pajamas, eating your cereal, if that's what you want to do. Like, you know, like some people do. We, we, you know, people have flexible lives these days. They're mobile. They're going to offices that aren't theirs. They're going to co-working spaces. They're working at home. And having to use a system that requires you to log on in a specific location is crazy making. And that's what intranets have been like that I know. Like, you know, you use a cobbled intranet product and you have to be connected to certain networks. It doesn't make any sense why you need to do any of this. And this is what Igloo think about. See, these are the principles that they build their products on. They try and evolve with their customers and keep up to date with technologies. They have a responsive, like a responsive web design, right? It's built into Igloo's platform. So you can use it on any platform. You can use it on your phone, your tablet, your, your desktop. It doesn't matter where you're looking at your internet. You're going to get a great experience. It's going to look fantastic because you're able to configure it. You're able to brand it and give it the colors and stuff that you like. You can even create specific areas with their drag and drop widget editor. So you're able to organize the whole platform to fit exactly how your independent team works. Igloo have created a platform which looks great and works great and works with the mobile lives that we have these days. People are putting their documents and they're spreading out work documents that maybe they shouldn't be to services like Box and Google Drive and Dropbox. This can cause for some problems, some security problems, some customer data issues if you're moving things around that you shouldn't be because you want to be able to open it in a certain app or, or stuff like that. Well, Igloo integrates all of these services into their one big, easy-to-secure platform, making sure that your your customers' data safe, to making sure that you're safe and not doing something you shouldn't or breaking some little rules inside your organization. Igloo take care of this stuff for you. You can also share files of your coworkers for you to collaborate on. You can track who has read them using their red receipt functionality. Just make sure that everybody is on the same page if there's maybe some critical information that they need to keep up to date with. It's time to break away from the internet that you hate. Go and sign up right now for Igloo. You can try it out for free for any team of up to 10 people for as long as you want. So if you have a small team, you can just use this for free. And then when it comes to the time that you've grown to the place where you need to start paying, they have a bunch of great plans. It's really affordable. It's really, really great stuff. Go sign up right now at igloosoftware.com slash connected. That will also help support this show as well as getting you away from the internet that you hate. Thank you so much to Igloo for their support of this show. So let's do some picks. We haven't done any picks in a while. 
Yeah, why don't uh, you lead us off? So I was talking about like my fitness bands and fitness bands, my fitness rings and stuff like that recently. Um, so uh, one thing that I have been doing now is the seven minute workout. Um, this was recommended to me by Underscore. Uh, he, we, me, and him were talking about fitness stuff recently, and he suggested I try this out. It's made by Johnson and Johnson, um, and it's a really good app. And basically, you just you just open it up, and you put some basic information in on the first time, like height and weight and that kind of stuff, and fitness level. And it gives you a workout that you do every day. Um, you just go in, and you just t- you want to start the workout. Uh, it has uh, an Apple Watch app as well, which I've not actually used. I didn't know that there was one. Oh, I should try that out. Maybe I can just trigger it all from my watch. Huh, there you go. Technology. How does it work? Um, and you go in and you, it gives you a little warm up, which takes a couple of minutes, and then you can do the workout. And it's you know it's got little videos and stuff, so it shows you how to do each exercise, um, and it explains them every time. And, and it's a really great little way to do a bit of uh, exercise every day. They have a bunch of different workouts that you can customize if you want to. I haven't done that. I'm just using the same one at the moment, uh, whilst I'm getting kind of to the level where I want to then go out and do some other things as well. They have. Uh, Workouts for all different types of fitness levels. I really like it. I think it's a great, uh, a great little app, and it's just a good way for me to do something every day uh, to try and keep fit. So, the seven-minute workout from Johnson and Johnson is my pick this week. Sweet. Uh, mine is Cloak VPN, which I know we've talked about on some other shows. Uh, I think it was on Upgrade a while back. Um, but it's a VPN service. So if you are traveling or if you're need content that is only available in another country, things like that. Um, or if you just want a secure connection to the internet from where you are. So if you're, uh, for instance, uh, I use this when I was traveling a good bit. Uh, I was gone two weeks out of, out of June and um, being able to use it on like hotel Wi-Fi and know that my connect- connection was uh, secure was uh, a way to breathe, uh, breathe a little bit easier. So, so Cloak is an iOS and a Mac app. Um, uh, you basically install it. You have to give it on the Mac. You have to give it some credentials, and on iOS, it installs a little certificate setup thing. And basically, you go in and you enable it, and uh, you're you're browsing via uh, a VPN. Now they do have like plans, so they have one that's like three. I think it's like three bucks a month for uh, five gigabit gigabytes of data, which is really nice if you travel. Uh, they've got some that are uh, a couple that are unlimited. You can pay by the month or pay by the year. Uh, earlier this year, I just paid for the unlimited data for a year. And so if I'm uh, on an untrusted network, for whatever reason, I need to do something like connect to one of the relay servers or pull something from my Synology at home or just you know check my email on a network that I don't really uh, trust, uh, I can just go up to the menu bar or open the app and enable it and know that I'm safe and sound, which is, which is nice. I'm a big fan of Cloak. Um, I use it. I, I don't really think about the security stuff in the same way that you do. Um, it does secure me in connections that I don't know because it does it automatically. With, I think it overcloak is their little, yes. their little thing. So it just does it for me. And then I just have to say, like, yes, this is a trusted connection um, and we're all good to go. Uh, I've used it in hotels previously. Like I, I, when we were at all, we were struggling to upload um, Upgrade. Uh, on the hotel Wi-Fi, but as soon as I connected to Cloak, it, it uploaded really quickly. <laughs> so they were obviously blocking something, right? And so that was really cool. I don't know why that happened. Maybe somebody who's smart can explain it to me, but it did work and it was fantastic. Um, but I use Cloak uh, to get around region restrictions on videos and stuff like that. So 
Um, I watch if I ever want to watch American Netflix or something. I use Clock for that. Sometimes if I want to watch like a John Oliver video, right? Because mm-hmm. YouTube restrict them. Uh, well, Comedy Central restrict them. You see on Comedy Central? I don't know what it is. Uh, HBO or something. Yeah, it's great. It's a fun show. So you can uh, like because sometimes they're like, oh, you know, watch this thing where he tears down FIFA or whatever. Um, so I use Cloak to to get around the region restrictions and stuff like that. So I really like it. I think it's really great. I like that you can pay your subscription via your iTunes account. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm I am also in agreement. It's a great little app. Cool. Uh, good solid uh, solid picks this week. <laughs> Our weekly picks. Lol. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a long time. <laughs> alright so I think that about wraps up this week um, if you want to find our show notes today go to relay.fm slash connected slash 51 if you want to find us online there's a couple of ways you can do that you can find Stephen over at 512pixels.net and he is at ismh on twitter I am at imike i-m-y-k-e thanks again to our sponsors for this week Igloo Casper and Linda and we'll be back next time until then bye bye adios <laughs>